guess what? We're allowed to travel more than five kilometers from our house. Like, I, I, it's it's weird that that's a good thing to be like. If if I had been listening to myself say this a year no two years ago, year and a half ago, thir- fourteen months ago, that would just sound insane. But now it's like Christmas Day. Every day. Because I can go more than five kilometers from my house. Hooray! So those mountains that I constantly was looking at from outside my kitchen window. I can actually go there now. I can't really go much further than that. But I can still go there. I can hike up them. I can hike down them. And it's all legal. Hooray! Thanks for indulging me there while I released my inner child hiker. Um, He's been dying to get out there for a long time. And yeah, the last few months have been torturous at the best of times. Not to sound too uh, cataclysmic, but um, yeah, it's been been tough. So I'm glad I'm able to get out. And uh, yeah, I just had to let him go for there for a moment or two. Um... How have you been? How has the last two weeks been on you? Have you been hiking? Have you been camping? Have you been pooping in the woods? Embracing your inner outdoor person? Um, This episode of the podcast, I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Atom Packs, uh, Tom Gale. Adam Packs are pretty successful in my eyes. Uh, backpack manufacturer, so they, they make ultra light backpacks. Some of their gear is fantastic. Um, you see a lot of people using them on uh, these long trails, but even for you know multi day uh, backpacking trips, uh, their bags are fantastic. And you know if you're trying to hike ultra light, these guys are, they know what they're doing. Um, there's something really interesting about this and special about this interview probably not for good reasons tom is a fantastic storyteller and he has an amazing story and that's one part he's also a gentleman and we get on really well and i've since uh, been speaking to him and we have a, a i suppose a forming a bit of a friendship I, I would hope um and also he's got this oddly mesmerizing deep voice the, the, the guy is six foot seven or more um, uh, so you can imagine the guy's going to have a pretty uh, giant voice and a giant presence about but the thing that's special about this is that a mere hour or two after we had our conversation Tom was out uh, mountain biking with his friends and he mentions it throughout the podcast that he, he that it is another sport he does actually mention it in a, a, a conversation that we had uh, beforehand that he was about to head out so we're going to finish up at a certain time and he's going to go out with his friends and 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 do all that but while he was out he unfortunately had a pretty bad accident so he came off his bike at some point in the trail 
and uh, yeah, he 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 broke his neck, um, and it, it, it had to bring out the the mountain rescue, the Kazakh mountain rescue. So shout out to Kazakh mountain rescue team that were pretty prompt getting there on time and getting him to the local hospital. Um, he fractured his C seven vertebrae, and he has been wearing a collar for the next few uh, for the the following few months. Uh, I'm glad to say uh, that he's well on the mend and he's actually planning his next hiking trip. I uh, speaking to him recently, he's planning on doing the Coast to Coast Trail uh, up in St. Bees in the UK. Um, but yeah, it's just funny how you are having this really good conversation with somebody, you're sharing laughs, sharing stories and literally within a couple of hours the the guy is in hospital with a broken neck you never know when it's going to happen that sounds a bit doom and gloom um but i guess it's just you know it kind of reminded me just to say hello and tell people that you care about that you care about them obviously myself and tom we only met each other but if if that had been a loved one um and that had happened to them like an hour or two or if it was me in in his shoes i would like to have you know those kind of conversations with people but anyway i don't want to drag on with this doom and gloom i want to get into this interview because it's really good tom has an amazing story tom has hiked some of the biggest he's a triple climber. he's he has hiked the at the pct and the cdt he's also hiked the teororoa and he's hiked the Southwest Coast Path, I think twice. So the guy is a beast. And all along the way, he's managed to come up with a business, a fantastic business idea. And turn his passion for hiking and the outdoors into a quite a successful business. Um, and you'll hear also, like, he's managed to to bag a trail buddy as a life partner um so yeah look I, I, I won't spoil the story too much more let's get into it but first a message from our sponsors over to you Owen. thanks Owen. this podcast is powered by hiker long distance hiking trails currently we have mapped over 1700 long distance hiking trails from all around the world from walks in the woods to mountain traverses to nation-spanning through hikes, Hiker has a trail for everyone who wants to truly explore the great outdoors. Download the Hiker app for free in your app store now, or head over to hiker.app to discover your next great adventure. Excellent stuff! Thank you very much for your continued help, uh, Owen and all the team at Hiker. So, without further ado my interview with tom gale you can't spell adam without tom adam pack ceo and founder tom gale uh welcome to the show i appreciate you taking some time out of your very hectic schedule ahead of a busy 2021 hiking season fingers crossed (laughs) um so tom you 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 are one of these uh people that have you know have an extensive hiking career uh or, or cv whatever way you want to put it and you've managed to turn it into a business for yourself. Um, we, we can get, obviously, we want to talk about Adam Packs uh, at some point, very successful uh, backpack business, yeah. uh, growing. Um, 
but you might just tell me about the trails that you've done over the years and, and then we can kind of see where where did the where did the atom packs come from uh come along that journey so i, I think i i came to uh, i came to hiking um sort of I suppose kind of by accident really i was i was hiking um, i was hiking i was <laughs> when i was about in about 2008 i discovered the appalachian trail uh through bill bryson's book uh a walk in the woods mm-hmm. and uh, i've always been a fan of bill bryson so one day i just like randomly picked up this book and i got like sort of five or five or ten pages in i realized that i hadn't really been paying attention so i'd like I had to go back because he started talking about the at and i was like what is this at that he's talking about so i went back back to the start of the book and reread it and then came up with the idea it was like my my best friend colin at the time his dad was terminally ill with uh, prostate cancer and we've been we've been thinking about things that we could do to to raise money for for you know his cause and or to for cancer research uk and um our friends had just done a big bike ride so we were like well we love riding bikes but we can't really do a big bike ride because nick and chris have already done that so so we were just like i, I asked him about the at and uh, and he was like yeah sure let's do it <laughs> um, and uh, i think we had about 12 i think i asked him in october 20 2007 so we had like a year and a bit to plan um which you know i think it's probably too much time to plan for a through hike especially when like you don't know what you're doing like uh, you know the internet's you know there wasn't there wasn't the same um support like the forums and stuff then there wasn't as much information about it then or I think, well, handy, uh or handy uh, mobile phone app either yeah yeah exactly yeah the um yeah i hiked so yeah so we so we ended up um scraping together a bunch of gear and i think i bought every single piece of kit twice at least um, <laughs> and then re- replaced with with lighter versions and uh, even when i was on the trail i ended up replacing nearly everything uh, and that's often the way i think very often you know i very often say to people like the it doesn't matter how many spreadsheets you write like nothing's going to focus your mind about what should be in your bag more than carrying it up and over like a 7,000 foot mountain, (laughs) (laughs) especially like, you know, at the start of the Pacific Crest Trail where you have, you're having to make water choices. Like, you know, Mm. it's like, right, I can either have a really heavy bag and dry camp or I can, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, I ended up, ended up buying quite a lot of, quite a lot of extra kit on that trip, but uh, there's nothing like through hiking to focus the mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you have the, the, like a a ultra light mind about you when you were doing that? Or was it just like, let's carry enough to survive? uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think with anything unknown, you know, I didn't, I I truly didn't know what through hiking was going to be until I went out to go and do it and and so I think I think every hiker you end up packing your fears you know I had like this enormous I think at Springer Mountain at the start of the Appalachian Trail I had like I think my bag weighed 45 pounds so like tw- over 20 kilos excuse me there or thereabouts so like you know it it quickly became you know we were carrying like eight liters of water each you know the Appalachian Trail is the, the wettest trail in the world you know there's water absolutely everywhere like uh, um and and yeah and I ended up ended up uh, um 
yeah just carrying way too much and, and you know you quickly you quickly learn <laughs> but we actually we actually were, we did some training hikes on the southwest coastal path i grew up in plymouth which is right on the coast and the coastal path went right past my my best friend's house colin and and he um so yeah we just decided like right let's we'll just walk down we'll try and get to uh my uncle's got a farm right down at the very bottom of land's end he's like the last farm on the south coast just before it it becomes the sort of western and then the northern coast to Cornwall um and uh and yes yeah, so we were like let's try and get down there and so we sort of set off and and did that as our sort of training walk and you know we did we had like tranges and eight stoves and like just everything you know? <laughs> was, so there was as much stuff like hanging off our bags as there was attached to you know in the bags themselves so sounded it was like, like your, cla- your classic duke of Edinburgh experience <laughs> yeah it's, it just sounded like a couple of frisian cows walking out to pasture <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but you know it was, it was great and what a better way to learn you know i, I always sort of say that um you know very valuable very valuable training it's all good training um yeah I, 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 sorry, I, I, but I've even heard like I haven't done the Southwest Coast Pass uh, myself, but even uh, a number of people have said it that that is it's a tough trail to do as well because it's just constantly undulating hills. Yeah, it's either top. up, down, or sideways. Like it's incredibly indirect. <laughs> like, yeah. you know the the coast has this way of you know you see um, the North Coast is far worse. It's really. Um, undulating it's in and out there's loads of headlands and stuff so actually you know you might only be sort of 10 miles from somewhere but actually by the time you take into account all the ins and outs and ups and downs you need to do it's actually sort of 20 odd miles so yeah it's uh oh it's a great it's a great trail it's absolutely brilliant it's really good i think there's a really good case for yo-yoing that trail as well like hiking from one end to the other and then turning back and going back the other way because the view behind you is very often completely you know you don't see it you're not experiencing it in the same way as you are going forwards mm-hmm. so um all these little coves and beaches and things that you're sort of you'd see down into it's a beautiful trail really really cool um and you know it's right there the only annoying thing as, as with all hiking in the uk is you can't you can't wild camp legally or mm-hmm. easily um so so yeah you have to be quite imaginative about the way <laughs> the way you do that um, and uh yeah, yeah. So. I I spoke to um. I'm not sure if you're familiar, familiar with uh with Gail Muller, um, who also did the Appalachian Trail, uh, a number of years ago. But there last year she did the 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 Southwest Coast Path, and and one of the 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 toughest things about it, apart from the wild camping, and and the the rough terrain, um, was that yeah, it, you're walking through towns constantly. Yeah. Um, and I suppose particularly within you know COVID area, it's 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 pretty t- tough. But you're walking through these towns, so it's hard to kind of get away far enough to even do a wild camp and and you know follow the you no know, trace guidelines and just uh, stay at, you know in a farmer's yard or something like that. You're, you're, yeah, I mean, like, we only yeah we only had we only had one. I only had one issue where I camped on a farmer's land, and I I, I got up early. Uh, to hike out and he uh he was like driving you know it was clear that there's like because of where I was that I'd slept on his land and he sort of gave me a bit of a telling off but I also had like a bag of rubbish that I'd collected and so I sort of you know we we left it we left it okay but 
you know, I think the farm and the main issue with the farmers is is it, you're going up against their insurance liability. So you know, if you get trampled by a cow, it's on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so that's the big problem. Um, so yeah, it's uh, there. But yeah, the towns that are everywhere, you know, it does. It, I hiked it both times in winter. I've I've done two. I did one like two thirds route around the coast path, and then one complete. Um, and yeah, both times I did it. One time I did it in very, very late. Well, it was like February, February, March, and then I also did it uh, October, November, December that year. <laughs> wow. and, uh, and and yeah, so it was like I finished on I finished on Christmas Eve, um, and it was freezing and like you know just it was dry. Like I don't remember it raining that much, but it was just like you know just constantly having wet feet. You just walking through dewy fields all the time. So like. Uh, and then just the, the the draw of pubs, the smell of wood smoke as you're walking through the towns, and just yeah. like you know, we we came to realise that uh, if we if we stopped and drank pints of beer, we generally have a pretty terrible afternoon. But <laughs> pot, uh, pots of tea was the way to do it. You know, you'd go and have a pot of tea and warm up for, for sort of half an hour, and then and then blaze back out again. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's sometimes it's really difficult when you go in uh, to, to not want that cosy pint. Mm. Uh, in a nice little country pub it's yeah. uh, i've i've fallen victim to it myself <laughs> you know, yeah. when you've got another I mean, 10 10 kilometers or like five or six miles to do after after like one or two points it's not it's not great it's it's yeah, okay it's for the first, it's it's okay for the first maybe 20 minutes or so where you're singing and laughing and then all of a sudden you're like oh, i gotta climb this <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've a few times got sort of vortex into into sort of pubs and pubs and restaurants and things, and uh, yeah, it does make it very difficult, especially in the winter, to get back out on track. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely one of the t- tougher parts of the coastal path. But you know, on the, the one of the good bits is that you know you can you can pretty much resupply every day. You know, you can grab ice creams and pasties, and every sort of every few hours you can have something to eat, which. Um, if you're looking for a wilderness experience, it's a bit of a problem. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Did you come across the uh, the the very uh, highly technical uh, ferry system that they had, uh, which I was informed about, where you had oh, to nip, lift, nip. lift a little white paddle or something like that? Oh, there's a, so we ended up, um, yeah, I think around um, Falmouth. I think Falmouth is where there's the main issue because Falmouth has got like five huge tributaries, uh, five huge estuaries coming into it. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you know, so the coast, the coast actually goes across, you know, the coast path goes across a lot of those. I think both times I hiked, it was off season. So actually the ferries were an absolute nightmare. So I ended up having to hike around um, or, or catch it. I did catch one taxi for like 20 miles just to get me to the other side because again, it was like, you know, just the logistics of hiking in the sort of in the winter. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I do remember there being some yeah signal system of like blowing a horn or like, <laughs> <laughs> hoisting a flag. Yeah. So that was um, your that was your first uh, first long distance trail, and you did it all. You did it more or less. You did it twice in one year. Yeah, so sorry, we ended up getting a bit uh, hijacked onto the coastal path. So actually, we ended up hiking, Colin and I ended up hiking about 200 miles of the coastal path in preparation for doing the Appalachian Trail. And um, so we walked, uh, yeah, probably for about 14 days or so. Um, And I just remember, like, that feeling of that was my first ever, like, overnight 
like I think I always think if you can camp for like you're not really truly hiking until you've camped for three nights in the same clothes like on the same trail so you've done like night out camp night out camp you know just like um and that once you get sort of five days from home and suddenly realize like god I'm 100 miles like you know I've done like I, I was connecting all these places from my childhood around the coast that you know I'd visited on the train or and you know I was just I was amazed at how how easy it was and how exciting it was and how continuously changing it was like and I just I remember my buddy got injured and I we ended up getting off trail for a few days and I just wanted to get back and just see how how much further we could, get, could go you know like mm -hmm. uh, um yeah, and I really, I really felt that draw of just like this, this ever-reaching horizon. I was just completely addicted from the beginning. Just like I was just like, more of this, give me more of this. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. And then, um, but yeah, I mean, we were hiking out with like tins of beans. <laughs> just, I mean, you sort of can do that on the coast path because you, you're in town like so yeah. often that you can, you can throw things away, but. But yeah, once you're once we're onto the Appalachian Trail, the idea of like a five day resupply. Like, remember we did, we we landed in uh, Atlanta, and the guy was like, the guy from the hostel took us to took us to a um, a place to get a resupply, and, and you know my food bag was like, I mean it was it was tiny, <laughs> you know. I mean now the main reason why I carry lightweight kit is so I can you know I'm six foot seven and you know 220 pounds or 100 kilos so like you know i eat a lot of food like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it takes it takes a, and my main anxiety in the world when it comes to hiking is being hungry like i'm utterly useless if i'm hungry <laughs> and, uh, and yeah so um but yeah i just I, we did not get our food right on the appalachian trail and i think you know even towards the end of the trip i still wasn't eating enough you know i lost a lot of weight on that on that trip because i i just didn't you know, I was just living off ramen noodles and we didn't have very much money. So like mm. ramen, are, ramen are great. You've got to supplement them with, you know, cheese, potatoes, bacon, whatever else you can carry out. Like, uh, um, yeah, I definitely found, found I was just really hungry all the time. I don't think I've ever, I, I've never had hike hunger quite like I had on the Appalachian Trail. Right, <laughs> so, okay. But it's also just, it's also just utterly brutal. Like that trip is, that trail is, you're just rotting. Like yeah, everything, you know, I've, I've never been, I used to play a lot of rugby as a kid. But like there were always the sweaty kids. Like, you know, there's always the kids that sweat and I just didn't sweat. You know, I was, I, I played second row. So I had like my hand up two people's crotches around one in the head in between um, two other people's asses and like, <laughs> You know, I was just amazed that people could sweat this much. And anyway, I got out on the Appalachian Trail and it was just pouring off me because it can't, it's so humid, it doesn't evaporate. So you're just yeah. sweating and it's just, it just builds up and builds up. And like, you know, you know, it's warm and like your shoulders are sweating and just everything. Oh, mate, and it just. Yeah. And you're it, also, you're also covered in clothes. If you're probably wearing like a fleece or you're wearing like a lot more clothes than you will be wearing when you're playing rugby. Uh, yeah, well, the the I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my my wife's parents has been out to pick her up. She's a trip crowner as well. She's she's been her parents have come to meet her on each trip, and she said they said that nothing, nothing on the Appalachian Trail, or well, nothing from the other two trips, the Continental Divide Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail compares to how smelly a car full of hikers was from the <laughs> Appalachian Trail like it was just like 
utterly disgusting because you're just it's it's wet as well so it's like you know you're in the woods it's raining quite a lot like it's humid it's you know you get these big storms that roll through in the afternoons and like you just never really get the chance to dry out and like I don't remember there being that many like now I know that I just jump in and swim every opportunity I can I'm getting creeks rivers lakes whatever um whereas like I think because I was 20, 21 on the Appalachian Trail, we were we were sort of very much buying into that bravado of like, how disgusting can we be on this <laughs> trip? Like, I think I had maybe 17 showers, I think, in six and a half months. I, I yeah. think I, yeah, I think the number 17 is ringing a bell. <laughs> so, but you know, there was always, there's always, there's always guys like that on, guys on, guys like that on trail and some women. Yeah. Uh, who just kind of go yeah i'm just going to get this opportunity to get as hairy and as stinky as i can possibly be <laughs> yeah like you're not really going to get a huge amount of opportunities in in, in quote-unquote real life to to, yeah. to lean into that kind of level of, of <laughs> we, got, we got kicked out of one restaurant on uh i want to say it was somewhere in new jersey there was a there was a, a piece of restaurant that you could hike to and we got in there uh it was like a three mile hike down this highway and uh we got up early in the morning and, and smashed down there to get to get there for for lunchtime, and it was you know blazing blazing hot sunny day. There was no shade outside at all, and the guy let us go in, let us place his order, and he was like, "You can't sit in the restaurant; you have to sit outside." <laughs> I just remember just like sitting outside in the blazing sun, trying to eat this huge hot calzone, and just like, just I, you know, I was incredibly happy about the cow zone but just so unhappy about the situation like <laughs> you know we all felt like terribly in, in like we'd, we'd had this terrible injustice done to us but i guess in reality we we probably all six of us did smell pretty terrible <laughs> but yeah it was just like really there's no there's no debate in this we're we're sitting outside <laughs> just like, on the street i i really have to 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 appreciate and commend those trail angels that come out and pick people up and bring them into towns and, and all that oh, kind of, like they're constantly like getting you know so many different auras or, or aromas into their car sell those cars yeah there's this lady on the on the pacific press trail called terry anderson she runs um casa de luna which is uh one of the it's one of the like famous trail hostels there in there and she loved it like I, I when i when i met her i went to like fish bump her and she was you know i was proper stinking just got off trail hadn't showered for like five six days or and um and she was just like oh don't be silly she slapped my hand away and was just like bring it in i love the smell of you guys like that and she just buried her face in my neck and i was just like oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know it's it, it's funny how it's funny how um you know, my, my wife's backpack, uh, I've got her backpack from the, from the Continental Divide Trail, it's a ULA circuit, and it smells amazing to me. Like, like it, you know, she, she's, she'd be the first to admit that she sweats a lot. Like, <laughs> no, you know, uh, salt stains on her shirt and everything. And, and the smell of her pack now, it just, it's really, really nostalgic. It's, it's, like a, it's like an animal. I think that it's funny how... Yeah, that's what your animal self smells like. I, I don't think you realize, 
you realize until you're three or four months into a trip like how heavily perfumed our society is you know everything from carpet freshness to rooms raised to you know even even the detergents that we wash our clothes with like yeah you you learn like whenever you pass it you know you'd be like five days into a trip like a hundred mile section and you suddenly start getting close to a trailhead where day hikers were coming down the other end and like as you walk by just the smell of them it really lingers for like you know hundreds of meters on the trail <laughs> you, you realize like the the trail of stench that you're probably leaving behind you <laughs> yeah. like uh but but yeah we, we used to kind of play a game and try and guess like how 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 long somebody had been out on trail by like how <laughs> how they smelled as we came by and just be like yeah that's a day hiker <laughs> <laughs> um, you could kind of judge that by uh i suppose there's lots of different levels of that game too where you can have like the the clothes they're wearing uh yeah, how dirty, yeah, their, clothes or how dirty their, their face or hair is yeah because um, <laughs> yeah. like i i've, I've uh, I've, I've kind of just watched from afar of, of people doing the PCT and, and the AT and you can see from the start like how clean and fresh they, they look and then by you know halfway they've torn the sleeves off their t-shirt their their shorts are now super short because they're just like <laughs> yeah. you have as little clothes <laughs> as possible at the moment um yeah even just by looking at on, on, on social media like yeah okay you're halfway now <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you know, you can spot a through hiker from from a mile away, um, you know, especially when you're on those trails. Uh, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it is like you can, you know, walk into a restaurant, you know, restaurants full of people, you spot two other hikers that you've never met, but, you know, they just wave you over to their table and you come and sit down and you have this commonality in the fact that you're both, you're all pitching yourself against this utterly absurd thing <laughs> it's completely pointless exercise of, of trying to walk across the continent and build, or you know where however however lot far it is that you're trying to walk and and uh, and you know what what unites you is the trail like uh, so you know i remember sitting down with a you know very conservative uh, um couple of people and, and you know that he was a rocket scientist and she was a like a I can't remember what she, he was an actual rocket scientist he did something with lasers or something but like you know and, and yet you know we, we sat and had a meal together and like uh you know and uh, in our normal lives we'd never ever um had any cause to to meet or, or let alone yeah. share a meal but yeah but yet you know like we had the biggest hug when I when I last saw them. You know, that was a, we knew we weren't going to see them again. Like, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of wonderful thing. It's like you know, this this is this great sort of um, unity. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very cool. Um, so you 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 did the Appalachian Trail in two thousand and eight. Two thousand nine. Nine. That was, yeah. And yeah. So yeah, started in April, finished in October. Um, and then. When uh, at what point did you go straight to the other US trails? Did you do the TA? No, so I had a bit of a yeah, had a bit of a hiatus for a few years as I was trying to. Um, I basically went to the Appalachian Trail with a view of when I came back, I was like, right, I'm going to go to university. So that was sort of my my kind of gap year. But I like when I came back off the AT, I'd sort of realised that I wanted the outdoor to sort of be my life really I was like however I can do this for money like I want this to I want this to be it and um and so I learned about uh 
took a couple of years, but yeah, I came back and I ended up getting a job in a cheese shop in Bath. <laughs> um, like ended up just having a great time in there in Bath for a few years, and then and then uh, found my way to sort of working an outdoor apprenticeship um, that would kind of led me down the path of becoming like a certified mountain instructor, so I could take people out into the mountains and stuff. Um, but yeah, so just before starting that apprenticeship, I then went off and hiked the Southwest Coastal Path. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, so I ended up doing about, uh, I think I did about 900 miles on the Coastal Path that year, because I did, I did like just over half of it and then got injured. And then went and did like my sort of six or seven month apprenticeship. And then at the end of that, I then went back to the Coastal Path again. Um, this time, my buddy Cody, who I met on the on, on the Appalachian Trail, and he'd never seen the sea before. He like grew up in Kansas, <laughs> and uh, so he came out and hiked the hiked the coast path with me. And there, and then uh, yeah, when I got back off that trip, I was um, into another apprenticeship. Uh, this time up in uh, very near where we are now, actually up in Keswick. Um, and yeah, so it was uh, yeah, so that was like the next sort of year and a bit until sort of twenty thirteen. Um, I headed out to the TRO. Um, wow! Yeah, so uh, um, that was a, that's a different experience altogether. Yeah, so I was. Uh, you interviewed Carl uh, Litter, is it? Um, yeah, yeah, and Paula. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, so I actually hiked the year after him, and uh, I remember sort of reading his writing in a lot of uh, in a lot of the trail logs and stuff, and just remember remember just his writings like graffiti. It's like you know you can really. Um, you can really spot it. He always left like quite a, quite a hefty, um, quite a hefty um, like uh, entry in the trail register. So it was really interesting kind of seeing his experience. So yeah, we, I think he hiked 12, 12, 13 and I hiked 2013 to 2014. And um, I think by that point, there'd probably been fewer than, uh, probably fewer than like 200 people had tried to through hike that trip in total <laughs> so you know a lot of these a lot of these trails there they basically the planning authority for the tro just went right where are their trails let's try and link them all up so you know in the north island especially you'd have you know two days on a road followed by like one day of wilderness ish and then like another day on a road to like to link together all these little sections of sections of bush um which was amazing but but some of those trails just hadn't been walked <laughs> for a really long time so like either that they, they were like diabolically signposted or in really really terrible conditions so like you know you i, I remember this one section outside of uh, this town called Tequiti, and we had a pretty terrible time because like we were in there and the guy the guy from the hostel was just uh, there, there, there was at a campsite and he was just being so incredibly rude to us that <laughs> we were just like right let's get out of here there's a campsite in 4k let's just go and grab some well, you know we'll grab some nice stuff and we'll hike this 4k and we'll take like a nearer like a, like a near a near zero mileage day and um dude that 4k took us like six hours <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it was just like we ended up like in like tip deep gorse bushes and just like sliding down ravines and just like we were just woefully not prepared you know we had like i had like a carrier bag full of food with me <laughs> it was just, like you know that that trip you know that, I mean, it would be lovely now. I, I don't know. Would it, would it be lovely? There was so much adventure to it because you yeah. just never knew like what each day was going to entail. Like, 
you know, I had I had no there were there were trail notes for for the trip, but they were I'd I'd, I'd put them onto a Kindle, um, so you could I, so that was my sort of I was like there's no way I'm carrying like five hundred sheets of paper, so I was like I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I worked out the Kindle up until the Kindle broke. Um, that was uh, that was kind of how I how I managed it, um, but the it would give you like mileages for the day and it would be like, oh, you know, this is like a 20 kilometer day and it will take maybe six hours. And then some days would be like six hours, but it would only be like 12 kilometers. Well, why is this day? Like, <laughs> and you know, sometimes like the, the, the Department of Conservation signs pointing into like where the next hut was or how long this section of trail was, it would be like, you know, this trail you know, 12 kilometers, six and a half hours. You can't go, no way is it going to take us six and a half hours. And very often it wouldn't, but every now and again, it would. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd sort of emerge out of the woods, like bleeding and angry, like 10 hours later, just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an absolutely amazing, like a total supper fest. And um, yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Because it was just, it was a very similar to, yeah, some other trips that I've done where where you're, yeah, it was a real you know the the New Zealand bush is is quite a serious place. Like you know you can you can get very lost and you can get yourself into a lot of danger um, or into a lot of trouble quite quickly. You know, you do, just because you're near a road doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's a safe space. You know, I, th- I think there were three hikers on or around the Tiro that died the year that I was out there. Wow. Um, I think it was two section hikers. One guy just disappeared, and then there was another guy who fell. Um, so you know, it's just, it is a it is a serious place. I think you know with the the, the apps now, it's possibly a little bit safer, but um, for for like navigation, it's possibly a little bit easier. But um, yeah, definitely a serious a serious place. But yeah, that kind of just made it so much fun. <laughs> it was. Uh, I suppose the adrenaline yeah. was pumping, and you know, you're trying to smile through something that like, <laughs> yeah. <off> your life <laughs> well i don't once we got into the south island it was it was amazing like you know the north island i think especially because you're you know there was no hostel networks you know a lot of people didn't know what the trail was you know i have one lady came came out out to us just outside of palmerston north this town in the sort of the bottom half of the north island this lady came out we'd we were walking past the end of her garden. She was like, you're like the 10th person that's walked past this week. She was like, what is this? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, there's an end-to-end trail that goes right past the end of your garden. I was like, if I were you, I would put a fridge down here with some beers and like a microwave. <laughs> Just charge people like 20 bucks because, you know, this, this trail's going to blow up. Yeah. And I think now there are there are a lot more kind of, um, there's much more like, there's a, much better support network out there for the hikers um, which you know it's especially in the north island it's so pop it's so densely populated up there that a lot of the time you're finishing it you're finishing a day just on a roadside or you know on a golf course or <laughs> like you kind of go well, where am i going to sleep like uh, we did have one we had one incident where we we camped out on a golf course and at about three o'clock in the morning the sprinklers came up <laughs> <laughs> and it was such like a beautiful beautiful night that we just pitched the inner of the tent and so like three in the morning we're just getting jetted with all these oh, God, yeah typical <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so you know, it, it was it was a real it's a real real adventure. Um, yeah, it was very very cool. I definitely I would definitely hike the Tierra again. Um, I might give the North Island a miss, but I'd probably hike the North the the South Island northbound if I ever found myself with like three months to kill, wanting to do some hiking. I think that would be a great. Yeah, way to spend it. I, but I suppose even since we like we started uh, with hiker, we have just discovered the amount of trails, pre predominantly in the South Islands, that that New Zealand has it, like it's some incredible hiking trails. That yeah, there, yeah. Uh, you can also link together as well so like one trail will end and, and there's another one like four or five yeah. kilometers down the yeah. road or you can either you know road hike or grab a taxi yeah. or a bus but you know it's a pretty it's a pretty populated area that you can actually make your way to the next trail yeah and the, so, the south island the south island's amazing and the hub yeah. network in new zealand is utterly incredible you know you have these some of them are like houses you know they're just way out in the middle of nowhere for i think there's a thousand huts there's a thousand department of conservation run huts um and you can buy a hut pass for like 60 dollars. i think it was when the year that we did it for six months um so it's like 10 bucks a month and then you can stay in all these huts I and mean, you're allowed to stay in each one for like 20 days or something it's like the maximum amount that you can stay in each one of these huts you know very often they've got a toilet running water you know a place to do some washing up and you know, some of the nicer ones have actually got you know countless to cook on and things you don't need to worry about predators out there so it's like you know you can just it was amazing you know you can stay at a different one you could have a three-year trip linking all those huts together staying at a different different one every night wow it's an amazing it's an amazing country i don't know how well they're coping with the amount of people they're heading towards the tiro mm -hmm. i think like um you know, having a thousand plus hikers a year heading out that way, you know, especially in the areas where it's densely populated. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, human waste and just just hikers in general can be, you know, it, it's not it's not in the same way in the same way like the the PCT and the Appalachian Trail, kind of like party trails. You know, I think because they're largely wilderness, they they're pretty well set up to do that. Whereas you know, the TRA, you're very much on other people's land and you're kind of mm -hmm. they're permitted a lot of it's permissive trails, so it's like you're allowed to be here as long as you behave yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think there has there has been some contentious issues, but you know, the trail's trail's still young as well. You know, it's still gonna it's gonna more it's not yet fully formed, you know. Mm -hmm. Um so hopefully as 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 time goes on they'll 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 sort that out. Yeah. Um, that's the New Zealand away is very much like, you know, if you ask for it, give you anything, but if you try and take something from me, I'll come after you with a gun. <laughs> I think like they're very, uh, they're, 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 you know, the most hospitable people on the planet, as long as you're respectful, um, which I think can sometimes be an issue with uh, um, some, hike, some hikers can be slightly sort of entitled in a sense like um that's definitely something that i've experienced on on some of the longer trails they kind of go oh i'm doing this special thing and it's like mm. yeah you are doing you are doing a special thing but you're you're also the hundredth person that's been doing this same special thing this week <laughs> you know yeah. um like a lot of the pct towns you know there, there are some towns that are quite anti-hikers and the ones that are you know clever and need the money you know they'll they'll embrace the hiking community because there's always any one time you know for 
10, 10 weeks of the year there'll be 100 hikers in town at any one point and they're all spending money so it's like yeah yeah and that, um, that's that's one of the it's the the double-edged sword of of uh, these uh, of, of hiking i suppose in general but more yeah. so the, these long distance trails where like we've we touched on in the podcast before and um, with other guests uh, you know the, the the impacts that hikers have while you know hikers you know generally are very you know, environmental, uh, environment mm. conscious. They they are kind of most for the most part conscious of people's land and, and respecting that. But you're always going to have a, f- a few bad seeds. You're always going to have some yeah. impact, yeah. Wh- whatever it is. So you know, raising awareness of these trails, like we are, like you are, mm. um, through either hiking them or having an app for them or putting up, you know, some sort of information yeah. about it. A, a raising awareness obviously you bring an influx of people but then you are going to just increase that percentage of of uh of bad seeds but hopefully there will be some payoff in that yeah. there's a better economical return return for the, yeah. these yeah, towns absolutely. there's mm-hmm. more awareness that's put into these uh, as you said anti-hike anti-hiker towns or, or areas where there's less kind of um hospitality for them uh where yeah you know, kind of show or show them or educate them on how we can actually how they can profit from this and yeah absolutely and how can um, yeah, help the area yeah i mean sometimes you come into like the right woods on the pacific crest trails one that definitely stands out is just like they've they've clearly got together as a town and been like you know the hikers aren't going away <laughs> so let's you know make this place as comfortable for them as possible and you know so you know you'll see signs up saying you know welcome to you for the pct hikers and all this and just like you know the the general store's got like a big covered area out the front where you can sort your resupply and there's charging points everywhere and it's wi-fi and like you know it just it just makes it you know if if you make it like if you invite hikers they'll come um but but yeah i think i think sometimes on these long trips it's easy to think it's easy to feel quite like like um uh you know well oh it's just me like i'm just gonna go and you know uh hang out in this pizza restaurant for too long (laughs) (laughs) because it's storming outside and actually you know take a table away from you know somebody that could like you know i'm just gonna eat one slice of pizza and stay here for six hours <laughs> like, um you know and, and sometimes you know you might be the 30th person that's done that that month so I, I think it's i think it's important to be really aware especially on these more popular trails that actually you know um uh yeah you're not this you are you are one of many thousands of bikers that's going through that town and like and and it's, i always i always try and be uh you know, you have to, you're only as good as, like, you're, pay, you're paving the way for the next hiker that comes through behind you. So it's, you know, you're going to be the guy they remember. So it's like, just try and make sure you're always, you know, really thankful and, you know, pay your way, try and tip if you can afford it. And, and you know, just all of this, it all goes to, all goes to sort of making a difference. To, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah. If one person's making a bad name for it, you need to, you need to equalize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Pacific Crest Trail is getting a bit crazy. Like, uh, um, you know, when I, after the after Tierra, when I'm hiking ECT in 2015, and actually going from the Tierra where I met nobody, you know, it was just me and me and my then hiking partner, um, to suddenly going to, I think there was, we, I think we met 24 
I want to say 24 other other through hikers on the whole time of the Tierra. Mm. And my first day on the PCT, I met like 60 people. Wow. <laughs> and, um, you know, in the first 20 miles, you know, it was just, it was just like, you know, and you do eventually, st- you, you know, the, the bubble does eventually stretch out and you do go for days at a time without seeing other groups. But like, you know, you're pretty safe in the knowledge on the Pacific Crest Trail that you sit down for an hour at least one or two other three bikers are going to come past you so like mm-hmm. um yeah the um which is kind of nice in a way like you know if that's if, if that's what you want i i think i i found on the pct i was i was i was kind of wanting a bit more of like a wilderness i don't know i found it quite noisy and quite like um i possibly wanted to have less people um I don't know. I, I was. I think. I think, especially going from the Tierra to the Pacific Crest Trail, where there was just the the shin amount of people was just a little intimidating. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, that's that's the the other side of that sword that I just said. So, you know, it's a different yeah. thing you're going to have on some of these trails, like the PCT. I'm sure ever since uh, Wild, the movie, yeah, they, they have said the PCTA have said that the the number of applications for for permits just went through the roof ever since that movie came out or ever since the book came out and then even more so since the, the movie came out yeah i mean they they say the same for i, th- I think that there's always a bit of a spike and then it sort of starts to level off but you know i mean like through hiking is one of the best things on the planet <laughs> you know the like why wouldn't you want to go out and do that and you know we're all there for the same reason whether you've read a book or watched a movie or like whatever whatever the reason why you're there the thing is that you're there and you're doing it and you're you're experiencing this incredibly special beautiful thing that, that will be with you forever you know that's the you know i've had what 33 years on this planet now and i remember seven of them really really well and those the years that i threw up you know the rest of them are all kind of um <laughs> just a bit of a bit of a hazy blur really you know so so you know i have these highlights of you know, 2009, 2011, 2013 into 14, 2015, 2017, you know, these are the years that I went off and did, you know, at least six months of, of hiking and, and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it, there's, there's, there's a certain amount of like, um, on the PCT our year, there was, there was like people kind of coming up to you and being like, oh, are you book or movie? Did you, did you read the book or did you watch the movie? Why are you? Hey, hey. And, and that was all to do with wild and, and, you know, what does it matter? Do you know, the main, the main reasons that you're there, like, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, but. Anyway, so that's, that's uh, uh, okay. my philosophy. On it. uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a very healthy one. I I, I think uh, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, that are listening to this would would think it's a very healthy uh, approach to it. And I think most hikers would think the same thing as well. You know, everybody mm-hmm. is doing uh, whatever length or distance of a, of a hike you're doing. You're doing it for your own reasons, and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. some of the fondest memories that I have are spent. <laughs> dragging a 15 to 20 kilo bag up a mountain uh, having <laughs> yeah. the best time of my life even though it's the worst time of my life uh but it's you go earn you go I, earn your sandwiches man yeah it's exactly uh or in my case peter um yeah, yeah, or, yeah you know trying. is it linked to trauma is is that what it is is it that, that type two fun where we're just like this yeah, is, I'm sure. yeah. this sucks but this is a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my uh, um Somebody who was chatting to me recently. So my my 
old housemate just skied across Norway. Um, wow. Last winter. And he's just like, I think at the time, he was just like, this is the most diabolically awful thing. You know, the last, last, last winter was terrible. There were just storms and it was, it was either really snowy or really windy. It was never calm settled conditions and he was on like touring skis in like eight foot of snow so he was just like having a terrible time um but you know the second he finished it he was just like yeah i'll do that again (laughs) 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 you know it only takes like a day and suddenly you don't remember any of the bad bits like you know i I always you know the appalachian trail we talked about like the amount that you just sweat and just rot on that trip like you end up with these sores all over your back and like yeah i've only ever i've only ever experienced this on the appalachian trail where you've just ended up with like patches of flesh on your body that have been rubbed raw by your backpack and, and you know that is insanely uncomfortable and incredibly painful and to get up and do 20 miles every day with you know adding you know loading a fully loaded backpack onto these like sore raw patches of skin yeah like, Mate, just an absolute suffer fest. But then you kind of go, you know, it only takes a couple of weeks once you get back. And you're like, oh yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 you're just flicking through your Instagram feed or flicking through your photographs, you're like, oh yeah, that was amazing. I can't. I to- I'm totally bl- uh, blanking the fact that I had a swollen ankle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was starving. I was cold, but I was sweating at the same time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's all it's all character building, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. Um, so uh, I suppose we, we've spoken to people about the PCT and um, before, and like, so you did PCT in 2015, and then I would imagine you closed off the Triple Crown in 2017. Is that what you're? Yeah. So I sort of uh, while I was working in the cheese shop. Uh, in 2009 I sort of said to myself right if I can complete the triple crown by the time I'm 30 then I was living with a group of guys who were all a bit older than me and they were all turning 30 around the time that I was sort of uh, 21 22 I still thought to myself like oh yeah if I can do the triple crown by the time I'm 30 that would be great but there's always this there's always this there's always been this um friction in my life between what I want to do which is through hike or go snowboarding <laughs> or ride my mountain bike um, but like, for the for the last like four years uh, of, of the 20 teens or the 2010s I, I I was torn between going and doing winter seasons or going and fulfilling some as a we're programmed growing up like you feel like you should be participating in society in some way I should be achieving something or I should be going to university or I should mm-hmm. be settling down I should be being an adult and growing up and doing all of this stuff and actually you know I, I, the these moments on trail were incredibly free but then you know you really have to pay for those in you know shutting down your life for six months and you know or working really hard for, for you know eight months to go and have a four-month trip somewhere like uh, you know and you have to sell everything or put everything into storage and without either incredibly supportive parents or some flexible job that you keep coming back to um it can be really difficult you know one through hikes one thing but to go and do numerous ones <laughs> like um but yeah so part of me was like oh, if i can turn 30 if i can complete the trip around by the time i'm 30 and i turned 30 in 2018 and um and you know in, in amongst in amongst um all of this after finishing the tierra i started building backpacks um and 
and I, you know, I, I sort of had this stupid idea to like build a build a couple of packs, and not that I knew how to sew or how backpacks were made. I just did, you know, I'm six foot seven, I've got a twenty four inch back, so nothing ever fit me properly. So, so one day I was just like, oh, I'll design some, scratched out some simple designs, and 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 built built a backpack, and uh, and that sort of then became this ongoing problem that I had whereby I just couldn't stop doing it <laughs> I was like every I wouldn't even look you know I'd finish a pack stuff it stick it on my back and be like it could be better and I just throw it on a pile and just immediately start start building building the next one and this kind of went on and on and on until so on the on the Pacific Crest Trail we were actually testing packs that I'd made uh, which astoundingly survived um, I'm not really too sure how because they were pretty poorly sewn um, but you know wonky stitches are sort of just about as strong as as straight ones pretty much (laughs) (laughs) but like we did have a few we did have a few sort of explosions but like the great thing about having built it yourself is you could like you know you 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 knew how to repair it properly um so so yeah so in the interim time between the pacific crest trail and continental divide had actually been um working uh, a lot on, on sort of these designs and, and trying to become a better a better sewer a better sewing machinist and um yeah so I've done a bit of work with another company and like um you know I, th- I thought it was like right I really want to I feel like I feel like this idea of this company that I want to start is is I think I can do it like I think the packs are good enough to to start selling them but I was like I knew that I'd with the Connell divide still somewhere in my future, I knew that I was going to have to go and do that trip at some point. Like, you know, it was an itch that had to be scratched. So, um, yeah, I think I just was just like, right, I'll, I'll do, um, I'll do the, the CDT in sort of 2017, 2016 was a really rough year, like a, a really long-term relationship ended and, uh, yeah a couple of people died and like you know it was just it was just like rough and yeah it ended up being um you know I was like living in a van and like just desperately unhappy (laughs) there was just a lot of there was a lot of it's quite clear now that you know there was a lot of like um uh you know I was I was under a lot of mental strain or putting myself under a lot of mental strain and, and then um the whole year culminated with the death of my sister's child and and so I was just like, I then just, everything just blew up. I was just like, right, got in the van, put everything in the van from Cumbria and just dro- drove down to uh, drove down to my sister's and just lived outside her house for like a couple of months um, where, you know, I was just there supporting her and her, her family and her, her other child. And, and then, yeah, I was just like, after sort of four months of this, I was just like, I have to get out of here. Like, I could just feel that I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explode. Like, I know, I know that I've got like a, a pretty considerable breakdown either happening or somewhere in my future. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I gotta, I gotta just get out and hike. And Trump was, Donald Trump in the US had, had like just trashed, nobody was going to America, so flights were super cheap. So like one afternoon, I was just like sitting in my van and I saw that um, uh, flight, I could buy a flight, I could buy a return flight to um, LAX for like 300 quid. And I was just like, screw it. And I just hit the button. And, uh, and that was three weeks, 
I had three weeks to plan, <laughs> plan the hike. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I just, I just focused on building, uh, I built a few packs and then uh, handed out a couple to other hikers that were on the CD. Uh, so I think I put, I think I, I gave away four packs um, and then was just like, right, so now I can get so 1200 miles of testing done on like one of the toughest trails in the world. I can get the hell out of here for a bit. And I uh, just go and sort of stretch my legs out on trail. And, uh, and, and yeah, I sort of, I planned like the first week of the hike. Um, got everything sent to Lordsburg in New Mexico. It's this town, this, everyone stays at the Econa Lodge, which is like this very hiker-friendly um, uh, uh, hostel in this town, or motel rather. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and so I just, it's like you know 36 hour journey you know it was like 18 hours on a plane and then you know 14 hours on a train <laughs> i arrived in lordsburg just like no one knew i was coming i was just like what am i doing like I, I just you know i remember just sitting there on the train just thinking like you know watching like this is with by in the window it's like i'm doing this again i cannot believe I'm doing this again. <laughs> and then it was like a four hour four hour like off-road bouncy ride uh driven by this lunatic called radar who's uh, um, one of the one of the trail helpers that sort of shuttles people to the start of the trip and then that was it it was just like i, I, I planned enough for the i had the maps for the first week and then i was like i'll do everything else from the trail you know if you know how to do hike, you know how to do hike. like yeah. you know I had all the kit, like, um, I knew I was to take care of myself in the desert. Um, and, you know, a through hike is like a, an extended experience uh, of, you know, four or five months of which there's quite a lot of logistics. And if you try and take on all the, that, those logistics before you head out there, actually, you know, how do you, it's, it's too much in a way. Like you're trying to become an expert on something that you know nothing about. Like every trail is different. So actually, when's the best time to plan a trip on the CDT? Well, actually, you know, all I need is seven days food in the maps and then I can get out on trail and then plan the rest of it while I'm here. Because now I'm on trail, I've got all the time in the world to think about it. Whereas, you know, for, for a lot of people, especially people that live overseas, like um, the logistics of planning one of these hikes is so immense that, you know, um, that you know it can it can be quite crippling and quite off-putting and then actually when they get on trail they realize that half of what they read on forums is wrong or doesn't relate to the way they hike and it's not relevant to them in any way so suddenly you know it's all out the window on day five <laughs> like, you know all this all this planning like oh yeah I, I actually don't like pop tarts but i've just <laughs> sent 40 pounds of pop tarts to every tra every trail <laughs> you know it's silly things like that so like um yeah i sort of find now actually if i am likely to do a trip like that i'm probably going to go i'll just be like right what do i need for the first week i need five six days of food i need sun cream i need an umbrella let's just go <laughs> like, and then yeah I, I sort of once i was out there and then just started started planning the rest of the trip and you know it all sort of it all sort of came came into place and i actually met my my now wife we, we met um we actually met on the Pacific Crest Trail in 2015. Um, I was hiking with her, um, a guy from her hometown, and we bumped into each other on the CDT about sort of 250 miles in, and we ended up hiking the rest of the trail together. And um, yeah, we got married last uh, we got married last spring, and uh, she lives in England now. 
so <laughs> wow that's that's uh <laughs> it feels like a, you've just explained the father movie to me to be honest <laughs> sort of yeah. weird through yeah. hiking love story uh oh, mate. coming yeah. up page movie <laughs> we had to uh we had to um you know the we did sort of three years of, of back and forth with her kind of hopping across you know she wasn't legally able to work in this country so you know she'd have to like go home save up a load of money come back you know live here for four months and then go home for six and then come back for four so it was just like her life was just in flux and and you know it was like this so we realized at some point that it was like this is either going to be the death of us <laughs> like you know we can't i can't keep asking her to put her life on hold you know i now have a company to run so so yeah we were just like last spring it was just like right let's just get married and apply for the visa and and uh and yeah and luckily it all it all came through for us but i i had to produce like i think like three or four inches of paperwork because i run my own business it's like yeah it was, it was pretty intense they needed like accounts and everything it was all my bank statements going back like three years <laughs> yeah it was it was a crazy crazy time but you know uh it's not it's not uh cheap or easy to an important american and uh nor should it be. like uh, she's a, she's a high value she's a high value asset and she's now working for us here which is great so oh brilliant um, yeah you got an employee yeah. you got a wife and you got a hiking buddy all in one go yeah yeah so so yeah you know like i i feel i feel very lucky that um you know there's not very many through uh triple crowners on the planet and there's certainly not very many well there, there's a growing number of of of, of female triple crowners but you know the fact that i've i've managed to meet one is <laughs> I, I do feel very lucky like especially when through hiking you know i've said this before through hiking is one of the best is one of the best worst things you can ever put in your life like uh simultaneously kind of incredible but then at the same time it, it also creates this gives you this opportunity to like peek through the curtain of like how life can be and how pure life can be. And I always, I always think that's how, that's down to your sort of getting in touch with your animal self, your, your hiking, um, your, your living as humans have lived for millennia, you know, all like, and so I think that's why hiking is so pure and so beautiful is because you're, you're, it's just incredibly rewarding and incredibly fulfilling because you're scratching this primal, primal, scratching yourself in this primal place that you're, you know, that's, that's how we evolved. That's what our souls know. And then suddenly it stops <laughs> and then you get to the end and it's just like, there you go. That was great. That was yesterday. You're not doing that anymore. Good luck. It's <laughs> like, right, you're poor. You're thousands of miles from home and you're chronically depressed like see you later <laughs> you know people talk people talk about the the post-hike depression and it is real and it is brutal and for a lot of people you know maybe the hike is the once in a lifetime thing um in which case you know it is sad you have you've had this one experience to do this one thing maybe you've taken a sabbatical from work and suddenly it's like right that was it that was my who I that's never happening again that was my dream was like I think ever since the second trail I've realized that you know through hiking is in my life and I will have it again and so I now kind of want to step away from the trails I'm like no 
know that I'll be back again, you know. So so that that makes it that makes it some comfort. And depending on how hard the trip is, sometimes you get to the end and you're just like enough. Like the CDT, the last like four weeks on the CDT, we had like massive snowstorms. <laughs> if you scroll right to the very bottom of my Instagram, you can see all these videos from the from the continental divide with that's just like it was diabolically awful. Uh, you know, we were hiking through like three foot of snow, just like, <laughs> and it was even felt like for for about for about three weeks we were about two hundred miles away from the end of the trip. But like, there were all these wildfires. All of Montana was on fire, and like that's where the end of the trail was shut. So Glacier Glacier National Park closed down, and um, and yeah, so like yeah, it was it was a real logistical nightmare getting to the end and you know it, it constantly would be like you know you'd suddenly think like right yeah we can do it and then suddenly you wouldn't be able to and just like wait it was really really difficult um so getting to the end of the cdt was just like oh thank god you'd <laughs> 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 go home and have a heart attack but you know i feel like i feel like with 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 gail motown as my as my partner you know she knows she knows how that feels and that's rare because i think a, bit, a huge part of that that depression and that sort of um that post-hike feeling is is actually total alienation you know you live you live in you live in this bubble of this completely like abnormal segment of society this these like anti-citizens that are that are paving their way through across america fueled by like pbr and peanut butter and 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 they and then you know suddenly that that family or that 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 support network disperses and you know when you're on trail you have this identity you have this you have this all the all the bits of your life that you worry about what's my identity who am I where am I going what's my purpose all of that is taken care of and then suddenly it all just evaporates <laughs> and so long now you are you are somebody that through hiking. You are no longer through hiking, and and actually that can be that can come with, you know, like I say, it's it's very alienating because nobody can understand, like uh, except those people that have been there and done it. Like uh, so, to have um, to have a through hiker as my wife is is absolutely amazing. We know we know now, like. You know, I get it. She gets it. She gets it when I feel sad or when she feels sad or like, you know, she suddenly said to me like, right, I'm going away for four months. I'd be like, go do it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to stand in your way. Like, so it's it's great to it's great that we sort of know that about each other. Like, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Taking taking a big chunk of that trail back home with you because you know I've 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 gone on you know trips um, before you know, hiking trips with people before and yeah you, know, you, you do stay in contact with them uh, you might keep keep in contact over social media you might meet up with them again at some point for uh, another trip but having that person there with you when when you get back and and having them as obviously your partner in crime. Uh, and whatever else is uh, is a very unique experience. I'm sure there's other people that have similar stories of of meeting people out on trail and spending their lives yeah. with them, but it's it's a very rare thing to come by. So it's a it's a it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I feel very I feel very lucky, really. Like, uh, and it, you know, it was actually the um, I probably would have blazed straight through that town, and and you know, I'd I'd probably completed the trail about three three weeks maybe a month quicker than I did <laughs> without without bumping into Gail and 
um, you know, I was I was kind of on a bit of a mission. This was the first time I was hiking on my own on the CDT. You know, I've yeah. done a lot of my other trips with always with somebody. Um, and so this trip was the first one I'd ever gone to solo. And um, yeah, I think I was kind of, I was starting to clock like 30 miles a day. You know, I was just starting to really push myself and see how far I could hike when I was on my own. And uh, and yeah, so, so the town that she was in, she actually was hiking with one of the girls who had one of my test packs. Um, and uh, so I'd given this girl... Um, Nell had given her a, a backpack to test and she wasn't getting on very well with it. So I'd I'd realized she was in this town. So I'd actually ducked into town to to meet up with her. And sure enough, Motown was with her. And she she was like, Oh yeah, we met on the PCT last year or two years ago. And uh yeah, she caught my eye and I caught hers and, <laughs> and yeah, she, she spent she spent the next like 300 miles trying to slow me down and then eventually did slow me down <laughs> but you know it's yeah, yeah it's great you know, i know you're paying I'm, I'm also i'm six foot four and uh i've hiked with people uh i have a daughter as well i have a, a oh. 70 year old daughter uh, who i've tried to bring out hiking with me before um and my stride is probably about three times hers yeah so, uh, but also hiking with anybody that's uh, under six foot for me is just like oh god all right okay i'm gonna have to <laughs> time here <laughs> i've developed a pretty good uh client pace over the years like you know i ended up working as a mountain guide um or not a mountain guide but like a, a walking guide hmm. um and so you know you do develop this like pace of just like right we're walking at two miles an hour it's just like you know i mean yeah, for if if yeah, you just you just learn to learn to slow yourself down. <laughs> so, but you know, Gail's like one of the strongest hikers I've ever known. Like she could do thirty mile days every day, like with the heaviest backpack on the planet. Like uh, you know, so she, she, she didn't never, take uh, she didn't take the the family name. Uh, Gail, oh no, no, she hasn't yet. No, we we decided we were at the time we were like. It was all a bit shotgun wedding. Like, you know, I flew out and surprised her. And, and, you know, we literally had, I think I was there for five days and it took three days to get the marriage license. So it was like, I had to ask her on the first day there. Then we had to go and apply for the license. And then like, we just literally didn't have any, really any time to think about it. So like, it was like, are we going to make, are, we, are you going to be Gail Gail? Like, are we, are we gonna, is this a decision we want to make now? <laughs> so, yeah, so, so far, you know, I think she is, she is going to, she is going to take my last name. Um, but uh, if I took hers, her dad is called Tom. Uh, so her dad is Tom Hine. Okay. So if I take her last name, I'll just be Tom Hine. So she's not happy with that. So, yeah. Like we'll, we're we'll in work some sort it. of like sliver of the universe on your own second name and your dad's the same name you're both true hikers dude yeah it's bizarre oh, right? like uh, um yeah um so it, i suppose we've been chatting for a while here um this is probably Sorry, I'm, I have, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm a chatty man it's this is fantastic uh it's been really <laughs> chatting to you uh it's, you've got some uh, really good story uh, apart from the the company, obviously you're 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 doing great with the company, as far as I can see. Um, I haven't had my hands on one of the bags yet, but I, I hope to at some point in the future. And I've yeah. heard only great news uh, from anyone who's ever used one. 
but apart from the company, uh, you said that you're going to, you are going back to the trail at some point. Do you have your eyes set on any trail in particular? <laughs> I have, I have, every year since starting out and back, so we started in 2018, every year I've thought that I'll hike the Arizona Trail in the spring. And then the spring comes by and I'm like, oh, I can't do it now. I'll do it in the autumn. <laughs> that's been happening for three years. Like I'm lucky in that, you know, um, I didn't have a base when I started the company. You know, I didn't exist anywhere. I lived in a van. So I was like, you know, I had a sewing machine in a, in a workshop um, well, in, my, in, my dad's, uh, in my dad's attic. <laughs> so like that's where I'd go to, to sew. But you know, I didn't really have a space. So I was like, right, well, where should I go? Like to start the company. And I sort of thought like, I knew Gail was coming over for the first six months, 2018. So I was like, well, let's be, if you're going to start a company, you might as well start it in the most beautiful place you can think of. And at least then, you know, when I finish work, I'm already in a beautiful place. So I don't have to travel to go somewhere. Like I knew that I knew that if, if I was, if this company was going to fail, it was because I wasn't going to be able to hike or ride my bike or do any of the things that I wanted to do. And I, I was like, I want minimal time between, you know, leaving the office and, you know, putting on my hiking shoes, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so like quite a few times over the summer, you know, I would, I would bring my kit into work. And I'd turn up in my, like with my gear on and then like at the end of a shift, I would just head out and go and hike out in the hills and go and camp out for the night and then come back in the morning smelly and unwashed and, and like, you know, come and do it, come and do another day's work. So like, I'm very lucky in that sense that, you know, for me, I feel like a, a large part of that kind of wanderlust that sort of uh, need for adventure is kind of being being taken care of in a sense um but atom packs is also you know I, I i like things that completely occupy my focus um atom packs probably occupies more of my focus than i'd like <laughs> but the the main the main thing is that i'm busy like you know i can't stand not being busy so like I can't understand not having like a purpose or something to work towards. So actually the very same thing that satisfies me about through hiking, the business satisfies me in that sense as well. So like, you know, as long as, as long as I find this interesting, I probably don't feel the same urge to go out and especially go off on longer hikes. <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to get to the point that I can justify that through, you know, taking four months off to go off and, and walk a trail with a, some new products to test like you know that's the dream isn't it <laughs> like, you know to have a a business that, that justifies your hobby like or a hobby that justifies your business you know whichever way you look at it i think uh, we, we share we share an attitude on that as well i think we're we're we, we yeah. I think we started the, the hiker as just you know collecting a list of all the trails that we're eventually going to do at some point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you kind of you know there's there's so many people, so many people have ideas, and so few people act on them. You know, uh, every every hiker always you know you'll always meet three or four people on each trip that are like oh I'm going to start a gear company when I get back, or I'm going to start I'm going to open a hostel on the Appalachian Trail or whatever. And no one ever does. <laughs> but but you know, the fact that like 
I don't know, I think the same curiosity that led me to through hiking sort of led me to led me to try try this really. Like uh, um, and yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you're the same, you know, it's 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 the I'm passionate about hiking, therefore I'm that passion very easily transfers into doing this. Like, you know, it's great to like, yeah, I'm not able to go out through hiking anymore in the same sense that I was, but you know, I did what I wanted to do with with through hiking, and I know, and I know that like worst case scenario, I can revisit all those trails in a few years' time. Like, uh, um, you know, what a what, what a great thing to do. But for now, you know, this is this is pretty good. <laughs> There's I did I did sort of there are like loads of like hundred two hundred mile trails around here that I'd really like to to sort of explore, and I think you know running a business as you know is is very um no one's as cheap as you are like you know <laughs> it's really easy for you know you to do the work and you you end up like taking on loads of work and then never really switching off like um whereas actually it would be really good to get out on you know i could probably quite easily work three 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 weeks a month and still get just as much done <laughs> um, you know so so the dream is that I do spend you know a percentage of my time out on trail and, and especially like interacting with the products that we create as well yeah you know um I don't want to I don't I've always been very um with the products that we sell I, I'm not, you know I, I sell them because I know them you know I know I know like I know I know how they feel I know how they work I know how they um, because I've suffered under them for several you know, <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands of miles. And, and, and yeah, so like, you know, I always want to keep that. I always want to have that personal stake in the business. You know, I always want to have, like, I know that this this pack is as good as it can be because I've tested it. <laughs> like, uh, um, so, you know, what I, what I did, I do always like take a pack out whenever I go out. It's like, you know, I've got this growing pile of backpacks at home because like, you know, I always want to take out the latest thing that we've made, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so we're constantly refining and tweaking and redesigning and just sort of changing pocket openings a little and making the straps slightly different, you know, sewing that together slightly differently. So, you know, all these, there, all these there are things. great, there are great excuse for each other. You know, the, the pack is a great excuse yeah. to go on the trail and the trail is a great excuse yeah. to, to redefine the pack, you know, whatever. whatever yeah, my, my accountant's very understanding. She's always like, you know, you, you can go off on like a long hike yeah. every year and put it down as a business expense <laughs> because, it's, <laughs> because it's because it's product testing you know, it's like you know same reason like you can you can dash off out on the trail and be like oh yeah you know we had to have this pub lunch because we were we were testing this <laughs> testing to see if this feature works like you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna send this podcast to our accountants <laughs> where's our permission <laughs> Um, look, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, chatting to you. Uh, I, I'm sure we could chat for hours more uh, about this and about your different hiking trips and things that you got planned and, and the business as well. Um, it's really good to get that insight of uh, where it came from and and why you're doing it. And it's uh, as I said, we can we can share a lot of of um, of ideas on that and and and, and kind of. Yeah. The, the the reasons behind why we're doing what we're doing but i suppose ultimately we're we're all in this for the love of it but also to spread that love and and, and get more people outside and you know experience the the, the health and, and and mental health 
uh, benefits of, of being outdoors and hiking these trails because uh, I agree with you hiking through hiking is one of the best things you can do in the world it's it, yeah, people it's, say it's just walking but it is it's walking <laughs> but it's walking yeah, I mean, miles it's, there's and... some... <laughs> yeah there's something very mindful about it I think just like slowing it all down isn't it just coming back to bringing life back at a few paces yeah I think it's too easy to I think that's what you know this bloody virus has been kind of quite good is is sort of giving people the opportunity to sort of peek through peek through the curtain of how their life could be if they changed yeah. everything like you know something like oh you know I've suddenly got three hours in my day <laughs> three hours so I'm not having to commute to work anymore you know all of this like exactly. um yeah so uh but no it's been it's been really wonderful talking, talking to you and uh, um yeah, I downloaded your app the other day. I had a start having a play. It's encouraged me to go and uh, to go and walk the uh, the Cumbria Coast Path, which I didn't realise was a thing. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much again for your time, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, maybe we will be speaking again soon. Cool, dude. Yeah, thanks very much. I uh, yeah, sorry, it's a long it's a long story. So uh, so yeah, thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> no problem. Tom Gale, CEO and founder of Adam Packs, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. So there you have it, my interview with Tom Gale. I really hope you enjoyed that. The guy has a really good story and I'm sure we could have gone on for hours more, but he had to go out on his bike and break his neck, unfortunately, so we didn't have time to, to go any further than that. Uh, as always, uh, if you are enjoying the show, please tell all your friends tell everyone run down the street go up the mountains and shout at some dog and tell them to listen to this show because we really appreciate it um but no but seriously like share comment do all the things um get in touch if you want us to talk about any particular trails if you want us to talk about anything to do with hiking or camping or anything like that uh, we we love to hear suggestions for the podcast because I'm just making this up as I go along. Really, I I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm having fun. And if I can have fun while also giving you guys what you want to hear, then we're all going to be happy, you know. Uh, but yeah, like, share, comment, and I shall see you, or hear you, or talk to you in two weeks' time. Take care of yourselves. Happy trails and. Fair winds, as they say somewhere. <laughs>